my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi, I'm Sam Edis. And I'm Amy Nelson. This is What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. If you are just finding us now, please go back to listen to our epic first two episodes, a conversation with power couple Olympian Abby Wambach and author Glennon Doyle together. From the goosebumps-worthy love story of how they met to a talk about equal pay, you won't want to miss it. You know, Sam and I created this podcast and this community because we care about the stories of women, women like Glennon and Abby and women like you. So you can join us at whatsherstorypodcast.com. And there you can sign up for our newsletter, find our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. Today, though, we are so proud to bring you Ariana Huffington. 
You all know Ariana. She has a larger-than-life personality and a larger-than-life journey to match it. I, I'm kind of fascinated with Ariana. She she built a media empire. She was married to a man who left her for a man. Uh, she ran for office and lost. She started a new company, Thrive, that is thriving. Uh, she just she has a huge life, and she is really inspirational. And I think so much of it will come across in this interview. I loved talking with Ariana, and I'm really excited to share this. One of the things that like, really resonated with me about the conversation that we had and that you'll hear is that in all of Ariana's journey, which Sam just went through, she's had a lot of pivots. But what led her to start Thrive was what she calls like an epiphany uh, that she had about her life where everything changed for her. Um, and, you know, Sam and I were talking about epiphanies the other day, and I had one that was just so clear about my own career. I was a lawyer for a decade. I really thought I'd be a lawyer forever, um, even though it, as it is at times not the most fun career, it was what I had signed up to do. And when I became a mother, like everything just completely changed for me. Uh, if you're new to our podcast, I have four daughters who are six, four, three, and one. So I have um, all of the daughters that everybody needs. You can all borrow one if you'd like. But uh, anyway, like for me, when I became a working mother, I just kind of looked around for the first time and I said, where are the working mothers above me in the legal profession at my law firm that I can talk to about how they did this, how they made it work? And the thing is, Sam, like there weren't any. There were one or two out of a hundred. And that was just shocking to me. And I remember thinking very clearly, like, why am I buying into this system? It's if it's really clear to me that this system is not going to buy into me. And that just led me down a path, you know, over the course of a year and a half that that ended in me starting my own company, uh, The Riveter. But so, so Amy, take a step back for a second. So you walked into the office one day and just decided like, this is it. I'm going to take this huge risk after having this very conservative corporate career. Well, it was kind of like a two-step process for me. I went back to my law firm after my first parental leave. I hate saying maternity leave. It was a parental leave. And I'd been back for like a couple of weeks. And I remember I was walking from pumping milk to the refrigerator to put my milk in the law firm refrigerator, which just like didn't feel like the right place for me to be or it to be. It just didn't feel like I belonged. And I went back into my office and I was like, I wanted to talk to someone about it. So I like went on the people finder for my office and tried to find some working moms who I knew maybe were in the office and who had been in the same situation. And there was like one or two out and there was all these pictures of men. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I want to have more kids. I don't want to be in this situation. And so then I was like, well, maybe what I should do is go in-house. Maybe there'll be more working moms. If I go in-house as a lawyer, then it's law firm as a litigator. So I did that and it just still didn't feel right. And then I, I thought about like, where can I find more working moms? Where do I find women who are doing this? And the thing is, is that like, I don't know, I read the statistic in Lean In once that something like f like 52% of working moms off ramp at some point in their career. And, and I realized that it just wasn't, the system wasn't built for working moms. And so I wanted to build a different system. And that is why I left. This, this, this stressful thing to me in just hearing this story is obviously you made the right decision. You ended up being this smashing success entrepreneur, but there's so many women who leave and just stop working. And that is for me personally, like a real 
cause of mine is I want to help find a way to keep those women in the workforce, even just lifestyle wise. Like so much of it is about who you marry, who you couple with. Are You're better off being a single mom than being a mom married to someone who expects you to do 90% of the work at home. So, so much of this is, it's just a complicated conversation because every time a talented woman leaves a firm like that, there's fewer people for the younger women to look up to and see as role models. And, you know, so I, I think it's a combination of both structural change we need, but we also need lifestyle changes. We need women to make better choices in who they couple with. We need them to, you know, stay in the game and find ways to do it. It's, it is just so layered and complicated. Um, and it's funny because in talking to Ariana, I really felt like she is someone who just keeps charging ahead despite the challenges. I am really excited for you all to get to know her the way we did, and uh, we're eager to hear what you think. So again, please do, do leave your comments, let us know, and connect with us on our website. All right, and without much further ado, let's jump in and hear from Ariana. In 2007, you had a big epiphany. Can you tell us about that? Uh, I was um, two years into building the Huffington Post uh, and the divorced mother of two teenage daughters and totally thinking I could power through anything. And I collapsed, hit my head on my desk on the way down, broke my cheekbone. And in a way, that was really an incredible gift. It, it made it possible for me to really delve into burnout as a global epidemic and how it was affecting hundreds of millions of people around the world. And I started covering all these topics at the Huffington Post. And finally, in 2016, I decided to leave to launch Thrive Global to help people move from awareness to action. Mm -hmm. how, how are you different today than you were before? You know, it's uh, kind of amazing, um, Amy. I feel that I'm much more effective and productive because I am um, starting my day 90% of the time really recharged. Mm -hmm. And um, at Thrive, we have these 60-second um, resets during the day you know, based on the science that tells us that it takes 60 to 90 seconds to course correct from stress. And as you know, if you think of your day, the problem is not stress. The problem is stress becoming cumulative. And so if we can have the 60 second resets and uh, let go of the cortisol hormone from our bodies, it's kind of amazing because it means we can end our day without feeling exhausted and, uh, and wound up. You know, when you're so wound up, you, you feel you cannot really unwind and be able to sleep even. Although, Ariana, after reading your book, I really do think it sounds like your mom did not have stress. I mean, the way she ran her life was a little bit stress-free. And I know your sister, Agape, I've met her a number of times, and she seems to embody a lot of that as well. Yes, I think a lot of it has to do with being really good at course correcting. 
uh, reset is my favorite feature in our behavior change app, uh, which is not available for consumers. It's only an enterprise uh, product for companies. But in the app, we ask our users to create their own reset guide, which is things that are joy triggers for them. Hmm. You know, pictures of their kids, their pets, a favorite quote, nature, and there is a breathing pacer. And you can also pick your favorite song or piece of music. My favorite song right now is Taylor Swift, You Need to Calm Down. <laughs> Taylor Swift should be the world's reset. She's pretty amazing. So. I know. So, but what is great is that if you are stressed, you can just literally play it at any time. And it reminds you of all the things that bring you joy in your life, that you are grateful for. And gratitude is the greatest antidote to stress and anxiety. Ariana, can you talk about the transition from Huffington Post to Thrive and how that all happened? I was covering all these issues relentlessly at the Huffington Post. By 2016, in fact, 50% um, of our traffic was, com was coming from these topics rather than politics. But I felt it was not enough. I had a lot of people saying, I know I need to be getting more sleep, and I, I know... I know I need to change my mental habits, et cetera, but how do I do it? So that required building a company that could actually um, have a behavior change product. And by 2016, I felt so passionate that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I left and worked with many behavior scientists with an amazing board and a group of advisors. And, uh, and we launched this behavior change product, which um, is divided into four journeys. Um, the first is recharge, mm -hmm. which is sleep and the, the reset, 60 second resets that I mentioned. The second journey is fuel, you know, what do we eat and uh, how do we move? And we break it all down into micro steps. Like, it's not like I'm going to go to the gym when we could go to the gym an hour a day. It's I'm going to walk between meetings. It's like all broken down to what we call micro steps, too small to fail. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> too small to fail. Too small to fail. The, the third journey is connect. You know, how can we connect to our own center of peace, resilience, and strength? And from that place, connect to our empathy and connect to those around us. And the final journey is focus, which is particularly important right now because we are finding that in times of stress and anxiety, people have a harder time focusing. And uh, so we have a lot of micro steps around reducing distractions. Um, for example, one of the micro steps is ending all notifications coming to your phone. Uh, because who needs 12 breaking news notifications whenever you want to go get the news, you go get the news. So 
these journeys basically show us how we interconnected we are. It's not, if we don't get enough sleep, we're going to crave bad carbs and sugars. Um, if we keep being anxious, um, we're not going to sleep well. So everything is interconnected. You started Thrive in your 60s. Yes. It is hard to start a company. Um, I have started one and I'm three years in and I'm exhausted. Um, so how do you, like, how do you find time yourself? Which of these four areas do you focus on the most? What helps you? Well, for me, sleep is foundational. And I've written a whole book on it, The Sleep Revolution, about the science of sleep, why it is foundational. So I make a point of getting the sleep I need, which is eight hours. Mm -hmm. I would say 90% of the time. You know, it doesn't matter what occasionally happens when you don't get a full night's sleep. What matters is chronically what happens. <laughs> And, um, and I find the difference that I wake up fully recharged. And I think of so much of my life when I was literally exhausted and powering through like a zombie through my day and also thinking that that's normal, which it's not. And when I look back, every mistake I made, I could totally trace it back to exhaustion. I mean, every hiring mistake, you know, as an entrepreneur, some of the biggest mistakes we make are hiring mistakes. So now I have a rule that I never interview when I'm tired. Because <laughs> when you're tired, you really miss yeah. um, the red flags. You miss the things that are not being said that you should be uh, paying attention to. And what, what kind of people do you hire? Oh, um, we say at Thrive that we like to hire owners, you know, people who are owners, not people who are waiting to be told uh, what to do, but who uh, have that ownership mentality. And also our number one cultural value is compassionate directness. So that's very important for us in terms of the culture we're building, you know, Anytime you work closely with people, there will be things you disagree with. There will be things that, um, that may upset you or frustrate you. As long as these things are expressed. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be. To be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no problem. You know, we can deal with anything. That is, that's such a great point. Now, I would imagine there's a lot of pressure that comes with talking about a healthy lifestyle that people expect you to you know, ha- live a life that is constantly measuring up to that image. Is that something that makes you feel pressure or what is that like for you? How do you, how do you manage it? Oh no, I never thought of that. Uh, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And um, you know, I, I do what I know, both from the latest science and from the ancient wisdom that we um, cover a lot on Thrive, and and I'm personally uh, kind of in love with. And that that's the best way to live your life. And I find that um, the difference, the contrast in terms of how productive I am, how joyful, and how healthy. I mean, now 70 in July. So I think also to to know that 
how we live our lives can dramatically affect our health. Mm -hmm. We are dealing with a skyrocketing increase in chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension, obesity. And 75% of these diseases are behavior-based. So that's why at Thrive, um, we've been so passionate about cracking this huge challenge of uh, behavior change. Changing behavior is hard. Speaking about changing behavior on a different level and maybe societal behavior and the way we view the world, you are a very powerful woman. You have started multiple companies. You're a thought leader. For many people, I think powerful women can still be somewhat of a complicated proposition. Do you care about being liked? I don't think that people set out to be disliked. But I always say that if you um, want to do things that have an impact, um, you're going to ruffle feathers. Not everybody's going to agree with you. And if you are not comfortable with that, that could be a problem. And one of the things that changes as I got older is that you are not looking over your shoulder for approval. <laughs> Uh, and that's so so kind of liberating. Mm-hmm. In the end, the most important thing is for us to to be comfortable with ourselves, to see ourselves as a work in progress, no matter what age we are. You know, we are uh, constantly can be getting better and better in every respect. It's never ending. But also, especially women, I think we have that tendency, and that's definitely been a big part of my life, to have that voice of self-doubt and self-judgment, you know, that I call the obnoxious roommate living in my head. And, um, And being able to deal with that voice and not take it seriously is so key. A lot of people who look at your career today might think, oh, look at her. She just rose to the top. It was easy breezy. But you, one of the things I admire about you is that you do take risks. And along the way, you have had setbacks. What was it like to not only run for governor of California, but to lose an election? Oh, that was kind of an amazing time. It was a, it was a strange election. It only lasted less than two months. It was a recall election. But what was amazing is how much I learned from this failure because that was the time when I saw new media um, coming to the forefront and the power that it can have. And, and frankly, without that experience, I wouldn't have um, launched the Huffington Post uh, mm-hmm. two years later. So I, I love when I speak or when I write to talk about my failures and and talk about how, as my mother used to say, uh, failure is not the opposite of success. It's a stepping stone to success. Mm-hmm. And how often something that's a failure can lead to the best thing that could have happened. So in the late 1990s, you said that the right-left divisions are so outdated now. You said, for me, the primary division is between people who are aware of what I call the two nations, rich and poor, and those who are not. Do you still find that statement to be true today? I really believe that um, there is a fundamental difference between people who revere facts and the truth and people who don't. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's like a huge difference. And also, I wrote a whole book on the two nations called Third World America. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been talking for a long time about the growing inequalities in our country, but we haven't really done enough about it. So for me, these are like the two big issues. Mm -hmm. Of course, right now, you know, we're living in a different world where you know, um, the Republican Party, unfortunately, <laughs> does not have a lot of respect for facts. And, uh, and so, you know, we are on our way to a major and, uh, and a pretty fundamentally important election. But I also feel that we are at the moment when we're all recognizing that we need to expand our own circle of concern beyond ourselves and our own families to include our communities and those most in need. So you, you've been able to, if we shift to the, the personal front, you've been able to really create a pretty incredible relationship, it sounds like, with your ex-husband, which I know a lot of people struggle with. How, how were you able to do that? And what advice would you have for other people that are struggling with that? So obviously it wasn't easy. You know, if you get divorced, it means clearly that um, there are things that make you angry. There are things that really upset you. But um, if you have children together, um, what I tell everyone and have written a lot about is that is the importance of making your children the most fundamental part in that relationship. Because given that over 50% of marriages end in, in divorce, mm -hmm. uh, the biggest casualties are the children. So um, I've written about how my ex-husband and I and our kids uh, go on vacation together, we have holidays together, it's much easier now because our children are older, but um, it's something essential. And I find that it, it makes a big difference for the children if you don't allow them to become kind of weapons in that relationship. So my parents are divorced and I have the same relationship with both of my parents. We do vacations together, holidays together, and it's, we're still a family, even though my parents aren't married to each other. And it's amazing. Yes, that's so rare. It is rare, but it I think rare. we need to make it less rare. <laughs> I, I agree, especially given how prevalent divorce is. Like it is a, yeah. it's a likely outcome, and so we need to find a way to build these modern families. But speaking of your modern family, you have two amazing adult daughters. What is, this is a leading question as a former lawyer, I'll admit that, but what is your favorite part about this stage of parenting, of having adult daughters? Oh, I feel the... The, the best thing about it is how close we are and how they're my best friends. You know, both my daughters went through a lot of problems. You know, one got involved in drugs. She's been sober now for nine years. That's amazing. And one went through anorexia. So I tell all the, all the moms that, you know, it does get better. And now to have been through all that and have that... Um, self-awareness and um, and the ability to talk about everything with each other is such an incredible gift and i was very lucky i had it with my mother and now i have it with my daughters what would you say to people who want to create that relationship 
but are struggling because there's so many parents who struggle and they can only feel the struggle and they can't see beyond that. So what were the things that helped to get through that and build such a strong relationship in the future? I think the most important thing was uh, um, really what my mother taught me, which was the, the sense of unconditional loving. Um, so that my daughters knew that when they made mistakes, when things were tough, uh, I didn't love them any less, that I was there to help them deal through everything. And I think that was the most important thing. It's the gift my mother gave me um, so that at the same time that she made me feel that I could aim for the stars and I, if I failed along the way, she wouldn't love me any less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that combination of uh, giving you the wings to fly but knowing that you have a safe haven in her. Sam, I have to say, so my kids are a little bit younger than Sam's. My kids are between the ages of 14 months and six, and Sam's are older. Sam, that's similar to advice you've given me, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Thank oh, you. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, your, your kids are teenagers, right, Sam? Yeah, I have a 14, a 12, and a 10-year-old, yes. Mm-hmm which actually during the pandemic has been helpful in terms of my work because you know they can they they're not always needing my attention <laughs> but i also feel terribly for them because this is a big part of their childhood that they're missing whether it's the beginning of high school or the beginning of middle school um, what is your advice during the pandemic? Because so many people are really struggling with happiness and just you know this new way of life. What 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 advice do you have for people? So I believe that the pandemic is really a portal to look at the things that were not working uh, in the world we've left behind and uh, Marie Kondo our lives, if you want, uh, so that we can focus in the new world we're imagining and building uh, on what's working. One of the things that was not working that, of course, Thrive, I built Thrive to to counter is that frenetic, breathless way of living when everybody's uh, in a perpetual um, state of frenzy. And to think that that's how life is meant to be is, is really sad. And I think we are realizing that now. And that's one of the best changes that that can happen. You know, this is a terrible time of trial. You know, I'm not minimizing the losses of life, of um, of jobs, but at the same time, it's a it's a catalyst mm-hmm. um, that uh, I hope we lead to a very different way of working and living. I agree with you. I think it is a time of so much grief and hardship, and it's a time to reevaluate our lives. It's an yeah. and. I think it's both. Um, we only have a few minutes left, so Sam and I like to do a bit of a speed round at the end. Quick questions, quick answers. Some not particularly profound, but that we care about. So what is, what is your morning routine, Ariana? So the most important part of my morning routine is the micro step that we have at Thrive of uh, not rushing to my phone. So it's my favorite micro step, take 60 seconds to remember what you're grateful for or set your intention for the day before you go to your phone. And that's what I do every day. What is your relationship like with money? So I 
have a great sense of abundance about money, which I had even when I had no money. And that comes from my mother because, you know, I was born in a one bedroom apartment in Athens, Greece, who had no money. Uh, but my mother had that sense that somehow uh, you could keep dreaming and you could make things happen. So I've always kept that sense that she she brought to me um, at a time when um, when times were hard. Mm-hmm. Turning to a different topic, what is the last book you read? So I read um, a book um, that... I, <laughs> I absolutely loved, called Mary Magdalene Revealed. It's by a feminist theologian called uh, Megan Watterson. Um, And um, I was introduced to her actually by Van Jones and she's going to start uh, posting quotes um, on my Instagram over the the weekend so you can uh, get to know her and, um, and you're going to love her too. Awesome. Well, before we finish, I just want to give our final question to Lou, our sound engineer. Lou, do you want to come on and ask Ariana a question? Hi, Lou. Hi, Ariana. Pleasure to have you on. How are you today? Thank you so much. Very good. Uh, My question is simple. Um, I'm so fascinated with you. I would like to know what are your selfish desires? Oh, my selfish desires and my selfless desires are all the same. Um, I have a lot of desires about my daughters and, and about their ability to go through life without all the unnecessary anxiety and stress that I, I had in my early years. And also for the world um, to be able to tap into our sense of empathy and love and bring it into all our relationships beyond ourselves and our families. Wonderful. Well, on that note, Ariana, thank you so much. We're in by in by the bell. We got you to your next thank thing you on time. So <laughs> thank, thank you so much. I love this. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Ariana. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Ariana Huffington. I personally find her fascinating. She is this inner confidence that just never goes away. You can almost picture her, Amy, like running for office and not winning and waking up the next morning being like, what am I going to do next? And that's hard because failure is like, it's hard. It can stop you in your tracks. But I feel like Ariana is just like, I'm going to live the life I want to live. And it's going to change as I change. And that's amazing. So I think we are really lucky to hear from her today. But you can find all episodes uh, of What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on iHeart or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you love our show, which we really hope you do, and we hope that you can show the world that you care about women's stories as much as we do, uh, please subscribe and follow us across the internet at whatsherstorypodcast.com. Thank you so much. We love bringing you these women's stories each week, and we hope that you love listening to them. We also want to hear from you. So we'd like to hear your ideas for guests, any problems you have. Sam and I aren't the experts in everything, but we have opinions on all the things. <laughs> all so, the things. You know, submit your <laughs> comments, anything you'd like, and, and we're here to listen. But before we go, we want to thank our team. First, we are produced by a woman-owned and operated podcast company, Large Media. We love them. You do too. And you can find them at larjmedia.com. Also, a huge thank you to our teammates, Emma Hard and Lou Burns. This podcast was powered by Sam's company, Park Place Payments, and Amy's company, The Riveter. 
Sam's company can be found at parkplacepayments.com and Amy's company can be found at theriveter.co. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's do it really quick from the top, okay? <laughs> the Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> 